What's up, Geek Vibes Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode number 21. We're going to be breaking down the Eric Bledsoe trade, week three of NBA action. And uh, I just watched Lonzo Ball get utterly embarrassed by Marcus Smart at the rim. Marcus Smart was just like, nah, son, get that out of here. <laughs> that seems Marcus to be Smart a common like theme throughout the first three weeks. <laughs> uh, what's What's going on, Joel? What's going on, guys? Uh, not much, man. Juwan, what's good, my friend? Uh, nothing much. Uh, the play you were talking about, uh, Marcus Smart, it was nowhere near as embarrassing as what Kyrie just did to them. Uh, losing, well, not just did to him, but what he did earlier, losing possession, gaining it back, and hitting a layup on him. Guy's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kyrie's just, he's balling, man. He's hitting his stride. Um so I wanted to start off uh, just with a little, little tongue-in-cheek action. Uh, so I, I watched a really funny video. I know both of you guys have seen it thus far, um, of uh, Jimmy Butler falling out of a canoe and screaming, like falling into less than a <laughs> foot of water. So I wanted to ask, what's more embarrassing, that or uh, LeBron James's meme game, which is like circa 2016, I guess. He's about a year behind. Um well, just real quick, Joel, what's more embarrassing? Uh, when you first brought it up to me, I, I was I was I was torn, but after thinking about it, I guess Jimmy Butler's <laughs> little panic attack, huh? <laughs> Calling off the boat was a little more embarrassing. <laughs> Relax, man. <laughs> yeah, that that scream, man, that shit. Oh, that was so funny, Jawan. What's more embarrassing? Uh. I'm going to actually go with LeBron in the whole meme thing, uh, mainly because I am the worst swimmer, and I've almost drowned before. So <laughs> it could be a sprinkle of water, and I would probably have the same reaction. So I'm definitely going with LeBron's passive-aggressive childish behavior of uh, of his memes. I'll go with that one. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to split the difference. I think they're both equally embarrassing. Um but I, I, if I had to pick one, I, I think I'm gonna go with LeBron's meme game, man. If you're gonna if you're gonna use memes, like if you're gonna make that part of your like uh, social media vernacular, like then come on, man, you need to step it up. Get some get some hotter memes, man. Like you, you, there's pages, there's plenty of pages. Go find go find some pages. Get get some people to share you some better memes. Um, but anyway, let's jump into it, guys. Finally, 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 Eric Bledsoe got traded a couple days ago from Phoenix to Milwaukee in exchange for Greg Monroe, a protected 2018 first-round pick and a 2018 second-round pick. Um, let's just start it off with uh, with the Bucks. Um, I mean, obviously this is a huge win for the Bucks. Um, what do you think this means for them uh, going forward, uh, not only this season, but, you know, in the, in the future? Uh, let's start with you, Juwan. Uh, I think this is huge for the Bucks. Uh, I've been saying for the longest uh, what Giannis has been doing to start the season. It, it's 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 a lot on him uh, and him being so so young at uh, at the idea of scoring at this high capacity. Uh, he needs someone to help take the pressure off of him. Middleton's not uh, consistent enough uh, to be that guy, and we're still waiting for Jabari. We don't even know what he's going to be like when he gets back. Uh, so Bledsoe can definitely help. Uh, take some of that pressure off of Giannis. Also, 
he could be the facilitator. I I uh, I did hear Jason Kidd said one of the biggest things he's going to work on was Bledsoe, is him becoming more of a facilitator. Uh, we know the intangibles that he comes with. Uh, very fierce defense, very underrated defense, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's definitely a scoring threat. So all you need him to do is, and we're not talking become passive, just, you know, uh, be aggressive when need be. But remember, the number one guy is still Giannis. So get him in his spots, get Middleton in his spots, get these guys open uh, for a, a higher percentage of uh, of a shot. Um, but this is definitely huge for them. I don't know what it means long-term. I don't know if he'll stay there long-term. Um, but as far as this season alone, it's definitely a really good look for them. And it all that does is add to the threat of what the Bucks most definitely could be this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think it'll be super interesting to see, like, just how they, they figure out this lineup because they are stacked with talent. Like, they have um, a lot of right-now talent. They have some good future talent if everything kind of works works itself out, um, especially with Don Maker. Like, he's kind of one of the biggest question marks, but the guy has just so much raw potential, so much raw skill. Um Joel, uh, what do you think this means for the Bucks this season? Um, do you see them as, as potential contenders in the East now with this move? Um, and also, like, how do you think uh, Jason Kidd can kind of best utilize this lineup, both now while you don't have Jabari Parker in and also when, you know, Jabari Parker comes back? I think this is a great trade for the Bucks. Uh, they got the better player, obviously, in the deal. Uh, so, like, Eric Bledsoe is going to – I mean, look, I think he's an underrated point guard just in general because he does literally everything and anything. So, he's like, he can defend, he can pass, he can shoot, he can take it to the basket. He's a little short, but really doesn't mean anything because the boy can ball. And I think it's a great compliment to what the Bucks are trying to do. Now, he's not – because if you notice, the Bucks lineup is very long, lanky. Uh, and they like that stretchy type of guys. Now, he's not that, but he's definitely an upgrade over for what, what they got now. My question is, um, are they going to start Brogdon with Bledsoe, or are they going to bring him off the bench? Because now without Monroe, they don't really have a six-man. Not that they had, had one because Monroe's been hurt the last couple games, but he's usually been the offensive threat off the bench, so now they got to figure out where they're going to get their offense off the bench, at least until Jabari Parker comes back and, figure out what the lineups are going to be there. But I think Jason Kidd is going to be good for Bledsoe because Bledsoe is a good point guard. And uh, one of the better point guards of all time is Jason Kidd. I can't imagine he's going to hurt Bledsoe's production and uh, his development. So I am I'm really I just want to see them play at this point, see what they could do with him. Because I think he's going to be a major help for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I agree with you as far as, like, how do you – how do you work in Brogdon? Do you, do you start him? Um, you know, I th- I feel like right now they're 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 best starting. Like if you want to put all of the best players on the floor that they have at their disposal, who can, you know, kind of play at least close to their position, I, I think you have to. I think you would put in Brogdon at the two, um, and then you know slide Middleton to the three, which he's more than capable of playing. Uh, Giannis to the four, which he's more than capable of playing. And then probably at this point in time, John Henson. I mean, I, I Don. Yeah. He's, I mean, I know I know Don has has been starting. 
Um, but I don't I don't know if well, no. um Jonathan started the last two or three games. The last two or three games. Okay, yeah. I know I know uh that Thon Maker was starting earlier in the season. Yeah. Um uh, but yeah, like I think yeah, see, I, I think Henson's is he's the more reliable guy. What see what I think will be so interesting is okay one I I think you're best suited bringing Brogdon off the bench. Um, mainly, I mean he can you can put him in the starting lineup, but I say he's you you sit him down first and then you bring him bring bring him back once Giannis is off the court. Um, and you can kind of do that with Bledsoe as well. So you can kind of, uh, you know, pick whichever one you want to go with in that role. But I do think they could utilize him in kind of a six-man role because he's so versatile. Um, with Bledsoe, um, he is only one, but the dude's got like a six seven wingspan. So, like, um, that's another thing. He can guard, you know, uh, ones and twos fairly easily. Um so I don't know. It'll just be it'll be really interesting, and I think what will be even more interesting is how do they construct their lineup when Jabari Parker gets back? Because if you want to put your most talented people on the floor, um, you know, to to we'll say this because I I think starters is not really as important as your closers because in in the last five minutes of the game you want to have your best players out on the floor. Um, so like in my opinion, right now, regardless of position, if once Jabari Parker gets back, your best five players are Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, uh, Giannis, and then uh, Jabari. And so, but do you you think Giannis could play the the center position in a small ball lineup? I mean, he certainly certainly has the length and the height to do it. I just don't know if he's – that might be just a little too physically demanding of him um, defensively, you know, in my opinion. Um, Juwan, what do you think about that, and, and how how would you kind of try to construct this lineup? Um, would you maybe use Jabari Parker as kind of a six-man? Uh, I would definitely use Jabari as a six-man. Uh, like I said, him coming off this uh, second injury – um, you don't know how he's coming back. So you definitely don't want to just lodge him into the starting lineup. Uh, definitely if the team is playing well, uh, you know, around the time he gets back, if that's working, you stick to what works. Uh, no matter what Jabari feels as though he should be, you keep the team, uh, you know, in that winning formula. You just have him come off the bench. Uh, and if things change, then you change with it. But uh, as far as Giannis playing at the five, I think if KP can play at the five, Giannis most definitely should be able to. I think Giannis is actually has a better build uh, than Porzingis does to uh, to take being at that five. Uh, it, it's also a, a league now to where only like three people actually back you down in the post, so you don't really have to defend the five uh, that much. You just have to be able to get out uh, in case like you play a, a Golden State and Draymond's your five. You have to be able to get out. Or if DeMarcus goes to the three, you got to be able to get out. Um, so Giannis definitely can, can keep up. So I don't think that's the biggest issue. Excuse me. I just don't think you want him playing your center that often. But it's definitely right. something he should be able to do. Because uh, I know the, the biggest thing about Porzingis, everyone was saying, is he should kind of grow into that five position. Uh, I, I disagree. I think he should stay where he's at, especially now that Melo's gone. Um, Stay Mm -hmm. where he's at. But as far as Giannis, he has the body 
to be able to, to go against those kind of guys. And like I said, you don't have any more shacks. You don't have anybody that's banging into his chest, uh, you know, 60, 70 times a game. So I don't think that's really an issue for him uh, as far as that. But like I said, Jabari should definitely come off the bench uh, looking to possibly be that sixth man. Uh, but like I said, it just makes me nervous because you don't know how he's going to come back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's a you know a very valid point of concern, and I think that probably has a lot to do with why they you know went ahead and and pulled the trigger on and getting a guy like Bledsoe. Uh, never mind the fact that they didn't have to give up Brogdon to do it. Um, so I want to I want to kind of switch gears and talk about Phoenix, um, and not just Phoenix, but like the Phoenix and. Uh, every other team that should have been in the mix or was in the mix for Bledsoe, um, what Phoenix got and what other teams could have offered doesn't, doesn't seem to jive with me. And that's kind of been a theme kind of going on like throughout um, this, both the off season and even into this season now with this trade is, you know, how do you value your assets? And obviously Phoenix drove down Eric Bledsoe's value. Everybody knew that he, was, he wasn't going to be in Phoenix much longer, so that, that drove his trade value down. Um, but I, I still find it surprising that, you know, you didn't have Denver, say, offer, you know, Moutier and Fareed, which I feel like would have been the offer that I would have taken had I been the Suns. Um, you don't need, you don't need, like, a, a you know, number 20 pick in next year's draft. Like you just don't, you don't know exactly what's going to be there. Sure. If it's like a, if it's like a top pick, yeah, fine. Um, but you just don't need uh, something. And, and with the weird protections on this pick, you're not even really sure when it's going to convey. So, um, so I guess my, my question, Joel, is um, do you think Phoenix got enough? And like, if you're a GM of, you know, one of the other five or six teams that didn't land Eric Bledsoe who were, you know, trying to land Eric Bledsoe, you got to be kicking yourself, right? You want to think so, considering on, on at least on the surface, it looks like they got shit. But, I mean, what I was uh, – when I said – when I saw it originally was they, they basically got uh, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and cap relief because they're probably not going right. to keep Greg Monroe. They're going to – they're probably yeah. either – Buy him out or trade him off to someone else for something else. Yeah, um, I don't think they'll buy what, him out. To, I mean, he's because he's yeah. only. I mean, they'll just keep him around for the rest of the year. Yeah, they could do that, but I'm just saying, those, like those are options for them if he doesn't yeah. want to say it. You know, cause, like what is it with the Phoenix right. really? So it's like one of those moments where other teams. I, I don't know what they were offering. Like, did they want to give up a first round pick? Like, what teams were willing to give up a first round pick? Yeah, that, I mean, like, what, what were the? I don't even know what were the protections on those because I forgot already. You remember? Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like if four, if the pick falls like number four through sixteen, then it'll go mm-hmm. to, um, then it would be conveyed. But chances are, I mean, it's not going to fall in that range this this year. And then I think next year it's like eight to twenty. Um, something like our four to twenty, something like that, um, and then right. the following year, I think it's eight to twenty, and then the year after that, it's unprotected. So, but like that's okay. that, you could potentially see this pick not be conveyed for like three or four drafts, like that's three drafts. Right. So that's that's really crazy. That's really strange to me 
um, the protections on this pick. And I don't think, I don't think that was, um, I don't think that was Milwaukee. I think that was Phoenix trying to maximize yep. the position at, at which you know they they end up picking, um, which I, I right. kind of understand. But then again, it's like, man, why, why wouldn't you rather just get Emmanuel Moutier? Like I feel like that had to be on the table. I don't know. I mean, maybe not, but I mean, I feel like you you got a guy in Fareed who doesn't want to be there and you don't have any use for him. And then you got a guy in Moutier who just hadn't quite lived up to what you wanted out of him. Um, like to me, that, that would be a better offer um, than what they got, even, even with the picks, you know? Yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I mean, it is what it is. They, they, they got what they got. So they, they sent them home, and they got back pretty much not exactly what they wanted, but they got something. They got a pick. They got cap relief and an extra second round pick to make all the money work and shit. So, uh, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not sure what else they were getting offered, and I know they wanted a lot. So, I mean, it's kind of on them. Yeah, well, and that's the moral of the story. Don't uh, You would think that everybody would have learned this after the Phil Jackson fiasco. Um, don't devalue yeah. your own players. Like, right? Yeah. Am I yeah. am I wrong, Juwan? Like, it, shouldn't that lesson have been learned already? <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we learned that lesson the the hardest of anybody. But um, I think a lot of NBA teams right now, or after that trade, went to their their top players and were like, "Are you happy? Are we good? You're not gonna come out with a tweet or something in the paper right. that now we gotta trade you and not get shit for you, right? Like, we're good, right?" Uh, no, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm with Joel. I don't know what was offered, but I find it very hard to believe that if something that appealing was offered, they wouldn't take it. Uh, but, I mean, at this point, you just really have no idea what this entire Phoenix organization wants to do. Like, a lot of teams that you see trying to rebuild, well, except for the 80 years the Sixers were rebuilding, but usually in the <laughs> NBA, when you see a team rebuilding, you have a clear idea on what they're trying to do. Like if they have a top center, they're looking for a top point guard to pair with it or vice versa right. or a wing guy, uh, you kind of have an idea. Phoenix has like a wing guy, a forward, and that's it. So are you looking to get a point guard? Because if Moutier was available, why wouldn't you go get Moutier? Uh, especially if you could have uh, paired up and got Fareed. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of what they're doing. That just doesn't really make any sense. But this is an organization that, since Steve Nash, has not made any sense about anything, really. Uh, you know, letting go of, of Drogic and really a lot of what you thought their future could have been. Uh, the, the organization itself is very confusing. But I will say the NBA uh, in a whole is most definitely talking to their star players and making sure everything is okay and that the climate is cool. They don't want to. They don't want to run into what the Knicks did or what the Suns just did. So I think the Cavs are the best example. Well, I think the Cavs yeah. is the best example of your star player wanting to leave, but you not being shafted. Because if Isaiah right. comes back and that team still goes to the finals and at least goes seven games with the Warriors, we're not looking at that as as a stupid trade, you know, uh, anymore. And they still have that draft pick. So right. the, the Cavs. Aren't, aren't really in that that conversation. But if it doesn't work, because Crowder's still not kind of gotten into rhythm of that team. So if it doesn't work, then you're kind of looking at it like, 
thank God you got a pick out of it because nothing else worked. Uh, but, yeah, I think a lot of the NBA teams now are just they're checking the climate now. Uh, so, you know, this definitely is shaking up things. Yeah, absolutely. I want to throw one more thing out there. Um, just because you guys know how I am, um, I always make trades more complicated than they need to be. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to throw let, – let, bear with me here. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, I think I, – and I don't understand why both teams wouldn't – would not have just thought of this. Um, I would have thrown in Jared Dudley going to Milwaukee. They need a little bit more depth with Parker out for, you know, at least the first half of the season. Um, you know, you got Middleton who can obviously play uh, some two and some three. You got Giannis who can play some three and some four. But, I mean, after those two guys, you don't really have anybody else who can play the three. I mean, Toletovich, that guy's more of a four. He, he can't – not really athletic enough to play the three. Uh, Tony Snell can kind of, but he's really more of a two. Um, and I just don't see any need at this point for Del Vidova. Um, I mean, you got you got Giannis who can handle the ball. You got Bledsoe who can handle the ball. You got Brogdon who can handle the ball. That would have just made sense to me. Dudley's got two years left on his deal, so it gives um, – gives them a little bit of cap relief as far as when they need to uh, try to re-sign Middleton. You would have both Dudley and Teletovich coming off the books, so that would help out financially. Um, and then, you know, as far as Phoenix, you know, I understand Mike James, you know, he's been playing pretty well. Um, but, you know, Mike James and, and Ulis are, you know, both young, both inexperienced. It would be fitting and, and probably a, a good thing for them to have picked up um, – especially since they're losing a point guard, to pick up a guy like Matthew Delavidova. Um, is, is my logic at least sound, uh, Joel? Your logic is perfectly fine. It makes all the sense in the world. The only thing Which is, is why I wasn't done. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, like what I was trying to say is, like, it's probably the reason they weren't even thinking that far. They just – they got the bare bones. They didn't want to add more contracts to it. Like Dudley's not even getting any minutes this year on a, on a kind of a up and kind like a young team. And right. Vadova is useful, but he's coming off the bench. And yeah, now it's going to be overcrowded. But he could definitely play with next to Brogdon if it came down to it. So it is what it is, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I agree with Joel. Uh, it definitely makes sense. I do know Jason Kidd loves the scrappiness of uh, Della Vadova. So I can sure. see how, you know, you don't want to get rid of it if you don't have to. Um, you know, the trade deadline isn't for a long time, so Della Vadova could still be moved. Um, I guess he wants to see how it all works. Uh, and I think we'll see the first example of it sometime this week, I think, is Bledsoe's first game, maybe tomorrow or something. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 I understand it. And if you see what Delavadova brings to the game, uh, he's not that flashy kind of guy that give you numbers or anything, but he's very scrappy. Um, and, and that's a good defensive trait to have. So I can see why kids find some useful. Uh, but I do think that at some point, you know, that trade will be made and he'll probably unload uh, Della Vadova somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I think so as well. I mean, if they can, you know, I mean, it's going to, um, 
it's, it's going to come down to you know finding the right uh, right situation. Um, but to me, that would have made a lot of sense. Um, but you know, it's, it's like Joel said, like they weren't not thinking that far ahead, not really too concerned with it, and you know, like they just trying trying to get the deal done. So it makes sense uh, why it was uh, overlooked. Um, but let's move on. Um, the Cavs look like shit this year. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it, man. Sure. Like, um, I think Jawan, you said earlier, even even in that win against Milwaukee, they didn't look really good. I mean, they ended, they won the game, but they just they even in some of their wins, they don't look good. Um, which you know, I guess you know, if you win the game, it doesn't really matter how you look. But um, but obviously, we're you know projecting down the road for this team. Um, what what can they do to right the ship? I mean, if anything, I mean, um, obviously, you know, when Isaiah Thomas comes back, that's going to be huge. But like, uh, is there is, is do they need to make some kind of move? Do they need to? Is it just effort? Is it just the fact that they don't they just don't care? Um, Joel, what are you what are your thoughts on the Cavaliers? Is, is there something that you can see that? you think that they need to do in order to right the ship? Is everything, you know, just fine and dandy because we're only 10 games, 10, 11 games into the season? Like, what? just what's your assessment on the Cavs right now? I wouldn't say fine and dandy. They've looked bad since, like, preseason. They've been looking not mm-hmm. good. <laughs> uh, and a lot right. of it has to do with defense. They're not really defending. Uh, Crowder hasn't really found his, his groove there in Cleveland. It's just – awkward and like since like they went the small ball route they went back to Tristan now Tristan got hurt and that didn't help uh and they have really no bigs after Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love they're kind of just wing city and they just don't play wing city that well and I think that's the issue right now like they don't get enough production from like their other guys like J- fine the, the reason they won yesterday is because Jared Smith finally 20 points this year like I don't remember I don't, I don't, I think it was the first time he did that all season, which is like you need more from J.R. Smith, Dwayne Wade. You need more from Dwayne Wade. Like you need, I don't know what's going on, but it can't be all LeBron all the time. Like they need to step up. Really, he's like his his cast needs to step up. Like he don't. I know he doesn't get his assist by accident, so somebody's got to make a shot. Like uh, I'm just not sure. They're just out of out of sync. Like it's just what it is right now. I mean, they win here and there when they feel like it. Like they play the Wizards. They beat the Wizards, they go beat the Bucks. Okay, cool. But, like, they won maybe two of the last five games and shit. And that's, like, you can't have the game that LeBron had the other day where it was, like, a crazy triple-double, which is an amazing game, by the way, for him, and come out and lose mm-hmm. to the Hawks the next game. You can't do that. You can't do that. Right. It's just wrong. It's just, it's just, it's fucking, it's, it's weird. Now, I'm waiting for Isaiah Thomas to get there. Uh, I like Isaiah. I think he's going to be a big spark for them. But, um... Until then, like LeBron needs a a a, a, a help. <laughs> like, he needs scoring help, yeah. and he needs defensive help. You know, so maybe they can make a move to get another another big in there to help him out. But until then, I mean, they are what they are. And it is what it is. Yeah, well, and I think too, um, it's. I mean, it's interesting. They could have definitely benefited off off acquiring Eric Bledsoe. But they didn't really have the yeah. pieces to acquire Eric Bledsoe. Like you're not going to give up that Brooklyn pick for Eric Bledsoe. Like that's just too much to right. give up for Eric Bledsoe. And if you're not right. throwing in, if they're not including that Brooklyn pick, what do you really have to deal? Like that the Suns would legitimately want. Like you don't really have anything else. 
Um, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because, um, I mean, they've kind of constructed their roster and, and now it's just wait until Isaiah gets back. I mean, that kind of seems like what what's going on, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like they, uh, they, they need, they need other players to step up because LeBron can't do it himself. Um, I thought another, um, another very important, uh, uh, deal with them winning against Milwaukee was Kevin Love stepping up. I mean, Kevin Love had like 32 yeah. points. He had 16 boards and they finally like unleashed him and let him play inside. Like he's, I, I, I heard, um, uh, I heard somebody say uh, earlier today, like, um, he's not Ryan Anderson. <laughs> he doesn't, like, yeah. why are you trying to make him be Ryan Anderson? He's not. Like, <laughs> let the guy go bang in the paint and get some, like, post points. Because, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, he can knock down threes, but he's he's so much uh, so much more right. effective offensively than just knocking down threes. Um, exactly. Juwan, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, Juwan, like, um, what are your thoughts on everything that has just, you know, been said? <laughs> we'll just keep it simple. I don't need to make it super hard. <laughs> uh, Cavs' biggest issue is um, effort. Uh, you know, them being the worst defensive-rated team in history is yeah, effort. Yeah, I saw that. The, yeah. fact, the fact that they have players that are all veterans uh, mind you, they're not messing with any rookies. Um, it's effort. It is effort. Now, a lot has not changed with that roster between last year and this year. I know the key addition, but there weren't a lot of huge subtractions outside of Kyrie. So when you look at it, you you look at the fact that this team is very content. They've won their chip. They've seen the, the highest of the highs. They feel as though they could start off Oh, in, in, in 22 and still make it to the finals, this team looks like it has no urgency. It looks like it, it leans on LeBron every night, and it's like, well, LeBron, you know, if you don't get 30, 11, and 11, we're not going to win, it looks like. And I think Tyrone Lue is showing that he might not be the guy that can coach this team, albeit I believe LeBron coaches that team every night. Um he has a lot of pieces he has no idea how to use. The fact that Kevin Love had that huge breakout game, what makes me laugh about people using the term breakout game, it's not a breakout game. You just have never utilized Kevin Love the way he needs to be utilized. He is not a guy. See, the problem Cleveland had, and that's why I thought it was a huge mistake to get Kevin Love and let go of Wiggins. I get why they did it. But I still to this day think it was a mistake. When they got – I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. When LeBron got Kevin Love, I think he was hoping he would be Chris Bosh, someone who would just be okay being that guy would, that would only rebound and hit shots when LeBron passed it to him. That's not Kevin Love. And the thing LeBron had to start to realize, or hopefully he's starting to realize, Kyrie and Kevin Love are not Dwayne Wade and Bosh. They're not older guys who, you know – you know, uh, are ready to just make that huge leap to, you know, to start winning. These are guys with egos. These guys are used to one thing. Kyrie is used to ball handling and scoring. So when you try to make him Dwayne Wade to where you need him on the wing and you'll pass it to him when you're ready, that's not who he is. Kevin Love, you telling him to square up in the corner, 
and he'll get it when you pass. That's not who he is. If you want Kevin Love to give you more 30-point games, give it to him in a post. Let him do what got him that contract. And until yeah, Cleveland does and that, it's like that whole the, the, the team is going to continue like, to – Yeah. Like, I agree. And it's, when, it's your job to, to, to put him in a position to fit in. <laughs> like, you're the team yeah. leader, bro. I agree. And the, the biggest thing is everyone's saying, well, when Isaiah gets back, it'll be fixed. No. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry to everyone who thinks that's the easy fix. Isaiah coming back as someone who also does not play defense, unless you're telling me you have that D'Antoni mentality to where you're just going to outscore everyone every night, that's still not going to fix the immediate problem. You have to right. you have to sit down, look at what you have, figure out how to uh, maximize the potential of the talent that you currently have. Isaiah, yes, is going to come and come in and be that number two guy to help take off some of the the consistent thirty plus games LeBron has to do just for them just to be in the game. He's going to help with that. Cool, that's fine but that's not solving the issue. I still don't get how this team with more veterans and guys who understand the game are worse defensively than the team of a bunch of just makeshift guys they had last year. Richard Jefferson, Darren, uh, yeah, Darren Williams I think they had last year. Derek Williams. Those guys were playing defense. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying he was on the roster. Um, you know, that team, that team was playing defense a lot better than this team of guys that just have to give effort. You don't have anyone yeah, on there hustled, who can't. He did, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He was a veteran who was like, all right, yeah, we got a ring and everything, but I still come with this intensity every night. When you look at Dwayne yeah. Wade, like he's on the bench laughing, joking. He's got three rings. Yeah. He could care less. You see JR, he was upset that he was benched. He could care less. Like, you're just looking at a bunch of guys who just refuse to give effort on a daily basis. And honestly, I don't blame it on LeBron as a leader. I blame it on the organization who has not brought in a proper head coach that will force these guys to play hard every night. LeBron himself, I'm telling you guys, his mindset is leaving this team next year, so he doesn't even care either. I realize LeBron yeah. didn't care about being in Cleveland last year when they asked him after they lost the finals, and his answer was, well, I had a triple – I averaged a triple-double, so, you know. That was him saying, I did my job. I don't know what these guys were doing, but I showed up <laughs> to work every night. Anytime your star player has the mindset of, well, listen, I did my job, that is not a team mentality. That is the mentality of a guy who's either done with that organization or is just – his mindset is just, listen, I've won. I've really done everything I can do, whatever. So the, the best way to fix this Cavs team, fire Tyrone Lou, bring in somebody who won't allow these veterans to just have the veteran mentality of, I don't really care. You know, I'm, I'm more focused on the playoffs. You can't have that. Because then for you to expect this to be fixed come playoffs, that's asking a lot of this team. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to me – I mean, I just think – I feel like I get that your focus, you know, is, is obviously the playoffs. Like, I don't think any of us are are sitting here saying that, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs in the East, especially the weak-ass East that we got right now. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, it, I think the focus really needs to be gelling and figuring everything out and, and restructuring their team to best utilize – the talent that is on that team 
Um, I, I think maybe you saw a glimpse of it, you know, last night with, with Kevin Love's performance. Um, but, but still, um, it, they've, they've played up to their talent and then played down to the talent. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you can't, you can't lose to Brooklyn, uh, New York, even though I know New York's playing well, so don't, don't, don't bust in. my ass on that. Um, and, and Atlanta, like you can't, you can't lose to, you put it this way. You can't lose all three of those games. Especially like you can't lose to Brooklyn when you're relying on their pick being valuable. Like you can't take that night off. You know what I mean? Like I mean, you, I'll I'll go even as far as to say you can't lose to Atlanta only to have Kyrie come in the very next day or the the day after that and beat Atlanta. Show you how right. how how a real team <laughs> is supposed to handle business. This. Listen, right. I, I'll say this, and it's not like a lot of these reporters are making it a huge deal, and it's not. Uh, but I will say Cleveland is starting to realize how important Kyrie was. Now, I right. do believe Isaiah can come fill in and kind of help take some of the pressure off LeBron, but that won't win them games. Their issue isn't they're not scoring enough. Their issue is the other team is scoring too much. They can't right. stop anybody. They're giving they're giving out threes, you know, like there's no tomorrow. Like this team's effort is the issue. But I do think they do look at Kyrie and just go, damn, I kind of miss when he was doing that. <laughs> like LeBron didn't have to average a triple-double in the regular season last year with Kyrie. In the finals, yeah, because guys weren't showing up. But Kyrie kind of helped propel that team during the regular season and in the playoffs. When you look at this team now, who's supposed to help propel them? Rose? No. Wade? No. <laughs> so you look at this team, and Jeff you just Green. Go, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. <laughs> Jeff Green? Like who? Oh, this Green. team's definitely going to make the playoffs. But I'll say this, I would not be shocked if this team makes the playoffs as the third or fourth seed instead of the top two like they have been the past couple years. No, absolutely. Um, and I think it could be really interesting if they if they do make it as like – a fourth seed, maybe even a fifth seed, and then you end up seeing them play Boston in the uh, in the second round instead of at the end when you know kind of that's what everybody expects it to be. Because um, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I I do think that those are your your even with the even with the uh, um, Milwaukee trade with Bledsoe, I still feel like those are your two prohibitive favorites. Um, even though I think uh, Milwaukee has a better chance of beating. Um, Beating them than than Boston does at the you know with with um, you know Hayward out, um, but yeah I mean it, it'll be really interesting to see because I mean if let, let's just play out this scenario because I mean you've you've honestly if you if you don't get off to the start or if you don't start fixing what's going on right now and and play you might have to face you know, Milwaukee or Washington in the first round. You know, that's not something you you want to do. You would much rather be playing, uh, you know, um, Toronto or Orlando or Detroit. You know, like um, it's 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 dangerous ground that they're that they're treading because uh, the more mileage that LeBron has to put on that body, the the you know the more fatigued that he could be and. And not just LeBron, but the rest of the team. They're all old as shit, <laughs> you know, for an NBA roster. <laughs> so, I mean, I know I know 
you know, we give them uh, – history has proven that we can – it would be foolish of us to think that they won't be in the NBA Finals. But it's got to happen sometime. Like LeBron's, you know, got – He's not going to just make the finals every single year for the rest of his career. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I mean, they 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 need to be careful is, is the point that I'm making. Um, Joel, do you have anything uh, more to add on the subject? Not really. I mean, it is what it is. The Cavs, the Cavs are what they are, what the record says they are at the moment. I mean, obviously we can look into the future and, and think otherwise and, because uh, we've seen that they can be better than this. And they're deep. Like, they're supposed to be better than this. But like you said, they're old, man. Maybe they're just saving themselves for later, and they just don't want to put in the effort. And that's what it is, effort. So those old bastards want to wait till like, midseason and then go, all right, let's turn up. And I don't think it's a smart thing to do, but unfortunately it's possible that that's kind of what they do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, time for our, our new segment, Uh I'm always creating some some crazy ass trades. Juwan's always saying some crazy ass shit. So we got a new segment called Hot Takes and Cool Trades. Um, so the way this is gonna go, uh, Juwan's gonna give you his hot take of the week. Um, it's uh, put it this way: it would it would be considered outlandish to uh, most uh, people um, in the basketball community. Um, it, it's kind of usually the way Juwan's hot takes go, but. Let me let me mention this. Uh, going into this season, uh, I think at one point, Jawan had the Boston Celtics as the number one team going into this season, even above Golden State. I think you, you moved them down to two um, due to maybe some peer pressure. I can't really remember. But who's the number one team in, in the NBA right now? The Boston Celtics. Um, you also said that the Knicks could make the playoffs, and – it's early, but the Knicks currently sit at a uh, pretty comfortable spot uh, to make the playoffs, and they look good. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you, you've got away with your hot takes. So without further ado, I've built it up. Uh, what's your hot take for the week? All right. Uh, I had three here, but I'm going to go with just one because uh, I don't want to take up too much time. So I'll go with one. Uh, I'm going to stick on this all season. Uh, the way they've been playing, uh, it's just its so fun to watch. And these guys defensively uh, are just – they're really good, man. And I don't even think they need to make, like, a huge trade or anything. I think currently constructed, they could do this. Uh, my hot take of the week is I am picking the Boston Celtics to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in there seven games in this year's Eastern Conference Finals. Nice. Um, I mean, I, uh, I they look really good. And even without Gordon Hayward, which, you know, I, I think I said, um, you know, going in with our, with our kind of preseason um, show, um, you know, breaking down different teams and stuff, um, you know, I said that this this could be almost a it, it, as long as Gordon Hayward had, you know makes a full recovery, has good rehab, comes back next year even stronger. Like this could almost be a blessing in disguise for him because you're just going to get so much more valuable um, uh, learning experience out of both Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, and and with that, 
you know, you bring Hayward back into the lineup next year. Um, that's a that's the start of a beautiful team, uh, beautiful lineup, and they have so many pieces um, that uh, it, um, you know, like draft pieces and 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 uh, things of that nature. Um, that you know they can still improve this 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 roster. Um, I, I still feel like the the Philadelphia trade is is one of the most underrated things that I've ever seen. You know, um, a GM pull off like Danny Ainge is just he's he's a genius. Um, he really is. I, don't, I mean, he gets he gets a lot of credit, but I still don't feel like it's enough credit. Um, all right, so I like it. I like your hot take. Um, so here's my trade, and then I want to pass it to you, Joel, um, and you can uh, you can kind of be the determining factor on who wins the inaugural hot takes. You know, we should call it hot takes versus cool trades. Um, and I don't know how cool my trades are. I, I probably the the name is a work in progress. I'll probably come up with something better down the line. Um, but uh, so this is almost kind of a hot take, just in the form of a trade. Um, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say, I think Milwaukee should trade Jabari Parker. Um, I, I just don't think you can afford to pay him what he's going to expect to make. He's had two ACL injuries now. Um, the guy is obviously, obviously an offensive talent, but he's, he's never been a particularly good defender. Um, you, I think Giannis, honestly kind of works better playing the, the kind of four position with Middleton playing the three. And especially now that you have Bledsoe, um, you still have Tony Snell who can, who can come in and play the two. Um, and obviously um, uh, Middleton, um, I'm sorry, Brogdon, um, who can, who can play both the one and the two. Um, and I think you know you want to get uh, you want to get DJ Wilson some minutes. Um, obviously, you know not too too many minutes, and you know he's got a kind of sketchy injury past. But I mean, you want to get him some minutes to develop. Um, so I've got a, I've got a trade. I say you trade John Henson and Jabari Parker to the Chicago Bulls for Robin Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Paul Zipser. No picks. Um, I think just just a straight up trade. Um, I think the cap relief that Milwaukee gets by moving Jabari Parker is is huge because they don't have to pay him. Robin Lopez is signed on for two more years. He addresses their problem that they have at the five. Um, you can bring Thon Maker off the bench. Um, Robin Lopez is a terrific defender. Um, he's got enough ability to spread the floor. He's not he's not as good as his brother Brooke at, as far as shooting, but he's a better defender than Brooke, um, much better rim protector. I think if you had a, a, a lineup, a closing lineup of uh, basically um, uh, Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton, Giannis, and Robin Lopez, that is arguably the best defensive lineup in the NBA. Um, also, Bobby Portis, they – Obviously, we all know about him knocking the shit out of Nik- Nikola Miritich. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, essentially Miritich has said, like, he'll go play in Europe. Like, he's not coming back to a team with Bobby Portis. So they either have to trade Bobby Portis or wait until December when they can trade Miritich. Um, and, they, I mean, they got to go one way or the other. Um, 
Paul Zipser is just kind of that throw-in they need. Uh, I feel like Milwaukee needs a little bit more in that deal um, to balance out losing Jabari Parker. I think Paul Zipser is a good, you know, 15 to 18-minute-a-night guy who could come in and play some backup uh, small forward, um, can even play a little bit of two if you need him to. Um, and, and, again, Bobby Portis, backup power forward, um, but can also play a little bit of small ball five if you need him to. Um, so I think, to me, that trade makes a lot of sense. Um, and obviously, if you're Chicago, um, you're getting you, – you're moving Robin Lopez, who's not – doesn't really fit into your future plans. Um, it's, a, it's a risk because Jabari Parker, you know, he's got his injury woes, and now you – pairing him with Zach Levine, who's also obviously coming off uh, an ACL tear. Um, But if you can make all of that work, um, you can get a top pick, uh, you know, probably draft uh, a guy to play the three. um, And then, you know, you have uh, Levine, uh, whoever you draft, Jabari Parker, and you can just go ahead and plug in Markinen at the five. Um, And he can stretch the floor. you got to stretch five. Um, defensively, they would be a pr- pretty bad eyesore unless uh, they could, you know, really get the necessary effort out of out of their their core guys to play defense. Um, but I still feel like it would be uh, well worth the risk if you're the Chicago Bulls. Um, so, Joel, I'm going to pass it to you. Uh, who is is your winner? Who has the less crazy notion for this inaugural edition of Hot Takes versus Cool Trades? And then uh, we'll pass it to you afterwards, Juwan, um, you know, for your comment on my trade. Um, I don't think either one is crazy. I think both are logical and make sense, especially at the moment. Um, let's just, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, here's the thing. It is because like you had so many play. Like, who, what was the trade details again? It was uh, Zipser, Lopez, and and Bobby uh, Portis, Portis for, for for John Henson and Jabari Parker. <coughs> oh, John Henson. Uh, that was the that was the yeah. part that was missing. Um, it's not a bad trade. <laughs> like, it's not a bad trade at all. Um, I'd take that trade if I was uh, both sides because for both you know obvious reasons. Um, does it work out financially? Uh, yeah. I think it does. Um, yeah, it's about $18 million that the Bucks, uh, I'm sorry, Bulls would be taking. And I think like $16.5 million that the Bucks would be taking. So, I mean, it works out. No and then picks. as far as, yeah, no picks. Um, I feel like that's a pretty straight up trade. I mean, you, you, I don't think you can ask for a pick in return if you're the Bucks because the Bulls aren't going to be giving them up. And, and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Jabari is if, if if you're gonna if you're gonna gamble on him that's that's what you're getting you're not gonna get a pick with it you know so right right that was that was the use um, I'm gonna say I was expecting crazy shit from both of y'all but um, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get that <laughs> got pretty much one of the mill um, ooh, this is a tough one I might have to call a draw because I really don't think either one is all that unplausible. I, I just think, look, if your trade just might be a little, they'll probably be a little less involved if it actually happens. Sure. Um, but it's it's, but it's plausible. I mean, I don't like we were talking about it, like Bucks trading 
uh, Parker is very possible. Like we were talking about it when he was uh, when the Knicks were were involved at one point. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then the whole idea about the Celtics beating the Cavs. It's not hard to imagine the Cavs losing anybody at the moment. So it's hard to defend the Cavaliers at the moment. Um, but who knows? That could, that could change, obviously, in a couple of months. But at the moment, it's also hard to say, hey, LeBron's going to lose. Like, you know, that is what it is. I don't know. I, it's really hard to choose a winner because they're both very um, plausible. Not crazy. <laughs> not crazy. They're not crazy, no. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to say well, that for, that for the first inaugural uh, crazy trades versus hot takes, it's a tie. All right. Fair enough. Um, I'm a little disappointed, but, uh, but I, I mean, I mean, I guess I didn't lose, so that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> although I don't know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe the idea should be to have the crazier idea. I don't know. <laughs> Jawan, well, that's what uh, I was what thinking. You, yeah, <laughs> man, I, well, you know, I, I, I put a lot of, uh, I, I put my thinking cap on for this one. Um, it's not quite yeah, as crazy. Um, as as what as some of my other uh trade endeavors. Yeah. Um <laughs> Juwan, um what what do you think about the uh the, the trade idea? Uh I like the trade idea. By the way, um uh, it seems as though Nick, according to Joel, our takes have to get hotter and cooler. Enough. Um, you've got you've, you know what's, you've both blown my mind with some of the shit you guys say, so I'm I'm disappointed. You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny actually, Joel? That wasn't what? even my hottest take. Like I told you, I had I had backups. I was looking for one yeah. that you know it was a hot take because it's not popular opinion, but it's not right, far out there. Though. But I had I had some far out there ones. But um, to, right. to answer your question, Nick. Go ahead. Were you gonna yeah, something? we'll 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 make real quick. We'll make sure to get a little more further out there next week for you, Joel. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate. Absolutely. That. I appreciate. That. You know, I you know, I can I can think of some crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll work out a I'll work out a super fucking crazy trade. No no worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, I'll do a four-teamer, uh, man. <laughs> I, you know me. <laughs> you know, oh, as boy. we're speaking, as we're speaking, Nick is sending the markets to the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh lord. Uh, but as far as your trade, I really like the trade. Uh, the only the only bad thing of the trade uh, that I see is Robin Lopez. Uh, on the Bucks, uh, especially in late game situations, like you were saying, kind of then um, hurts them in only this capacity. He does not expand the court. So when Giannis, because remember, Giannis is not a jump shooter. He's looking to drive. So when he drives, you're going to have, you might, and I'm not saying it'll be to this extent, but it right now on paper, it kind of reminds me of when the Suns went out and got Shaq and they had Amari. It was just like, but you know Amari doesn't shoot. He only drives. So if Shaq is just hugging the paint, how do you think Amari's going to be able to work down there? So sure. I, just when I'm looking at it, because, you know, Thon Maker stretches the court because he can actually shoot the ball. Um, it, it just it makes me think if Robin could at least – would you say, Joel? So not effectively. No, not effectively. Not but he doesn't have to be – right. He doesn't have yeah, to be yeah, in not, the not paint. Consistent. He doesn't have to be in mm-hmm. the paint to be useful. He can move outside uh, and mm-hmm. kind of at least, if anything, be a smoke screen because you have to defend it. You're not going to leave him wide open. 
But if Robin Lopez, oh, yeah, exactly. waiting, you're going to leave him wide open. Uh, but if Robin Lopez, uh, I haven't watched that many Chicago Bulls games, but I don't think he has. But if he can develop just a small little mid-range jumper, or at least like a floater or something, something that he can be effective outside of the paint even a little bit, so Giannis can have that freedom to be able to drive at will, I think that works out so much better. But like I said, it's not a bad trade at all. I love it for Jabari. Uh, he's actually from Chicago, so he, yep. you know, he'd be able to go back home. Uh, and That's I think I like if you're about the Bulls, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you. Uh, and if you're the Bulls, um, you know, you betted on Levine coming off that injury when uh, Minnesota mm-hmm. was like, yeah, no, no, thank you. So if you're willing to bet on that, and he has a tremendous upside, uh, then I think you should be able to take the same leap for Jabari. I don't think you're losing. And kind of hope that one of them works out, right? Like, like you're well, crossing your fingers that they both out. do. But like, if if, but, I mean, if just if one of them works it, out, then if you think about it, if you can get Levine to average twenty and six, and get Jabari to average maybe fifteen and eight, that's that's not you. You didn't lose that trade. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like you said, you didn't give away a pick. So you're not losing a pick. It's a straight-up player for player. Uh, if you're Milwaukee, it's a guy you don't really feel that comfortable paying. You'd rather pay Middleton anyway. Uh, right, so but... I think if you're, the, if you're the Bulls, if you can get Levine to give you 20 and, and, and 6 and Jabari to give you 15 and 8, I think you came out a lot better than most expected. So yeah. I think it's a really good trade. Go ahead, Joel. Don't sleep on Bobby Portis. That was one of the another reason I like right. the trade. I'm like, yeah. that's a big get for like people don't think think about it. But Bobby Portis is pretty good, man. <laughs> like if you can get Bobby Portis and Robin Lopez, that helps your big side. And Bobby could play center if you really need to. You know, he's like six right. six eleven. You know, yeah, he can rebound, he, 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 he can shoot, you, man. you know. Yeah. Right, right. Obviously, he can the you know? fuck out of the yeah. Of I was gonna pitch. say and. I like Portis. I like Portis as that extra body guarding LeBron, so Giannis doesn't have to uh, the whole game. You can put Portis in there, um, have him guard LeBron. Not saying he he could stop LeBron, but I'd rather him no one can. get right. Exactly, Not I'd really. rather him get four fouls uh, than Giannis. So you know, I'd rather Giannis have to guard Love or something like that. So I think Portis works in so many different ways. Like I said, I love the trade. My only uh, thing that kind of made me a little nervous is the idea of Giannis isn't much of a shooter. So when he looks to drive, I just keep replaying in my head Lopez just sitting there waiting for an offensive rebound or something. And that that eats me so much when a player does that. Like you have to be more effective than just waiting there for the ball to fall in your hand. So that's the only thing. But, if, if you know, if I'm just being overly dramatic about it and, and you know, and uh, – that won't be an issue, then yeah, it's a great trade. <laughs> um, well, I will, I will throw this out there. Um, Robin Lopez has hit two threes on the season <laughs> in ten games, <laughs> mind you, but he's hit two Robin. threes on six on six attempts. Um, so he, he's he's cruising right at thirty three percent. He's hit ma- mm-hmm. making a third of his threes. Um, so I I, yeah. I think. Um, I think he has expanded his his range, and he's he's not bad. Like you you put him in and around like the foul line area, that like sixteen to eighteen feet, he can knock yeah. down those shots. Yeah, um, so, yeah I mean, that's, he that's can, all I was he saying. We know he didn't have to be he, he, he didn't have to be like right underneath the rim to get a bucket. Yeah, 
Well, that's that's so, why I started off by I haven't seen the Bulls like at all this season. So he definitely could have been doing all those things. He did do it in New York, uh, Joel. Um, but what kept bothering me a lot, and they kept subbing him for uh, Hernan Gomez. What kept bothering me a lot is uh, he wouldn't act as if uh, shooting was an ability that he had because he would hug the paint so much. Uh, and yeah. it, it's not like cool. when you have Mel- right when no. you have Melo and Porzingis, I don't need you hugging the paint. Those guys already do. So I mean, that was the only thing that I, I just but couldn't get out of my head. But if I don't know. I, I just Mello I believe I still dude. believe the ball no, he does. Right. <laughs> I believe yeah, in the big true. man still and, and like I you need a big man in the game. So I still think he's he's a valuable asset to have someone that's there. I'll, everybody plays a center. Like everybody. As much as it's a perimeter game, everybody has someone that can rebound the ball. Not all centers still can shoot. Like John Henson, who's their starting center right now, he's not a three point shooter. He really isn't. He can maybe hit his fifteen footer here and there. He starts these games. Greg Monroe could, at the time, could stretch the floor, but it's just not not every center can do. Like Canner can't hit threes, and we play him in Porzingis. Now Porzingis can't stretch well, the floor. Well, the biggest difference is, and and that that was my main point. I think you kind of thought that was my point because Nick had mentioned it. I never said I needed Lopez. To, I, I let me not say Lopez. My centers to make threes. I I don't. I just need you to be able to come a little. Uh, in front of the the rim, a little in front of the paint, and just hit like a little jump shot. That that's all I was asking for. So you're not hugging the paint so much because your dominant player drives. He doesn't shoot. So when you're standing there looking for a rebound, he's driving. So so you know the the, the chances of you getting that rebound over him getting his rebound are, are pretty slim. If he was a shooter, then that's different. But I just need you to make like a little bunny shot or something. That's that's all I was saying. I, I don't need you to make threes. I mean, not everyone well, he, can be Marcus Zach Randolph. He not everyone can be yeah, Marcus Randolph. So. Yeah, and that yeah, I that's, guess, yeah, that's I guess that's kind of what I'm saying is he he has that ability. Like he's not a three point shooter by any stretch of the imagination, but he can no, hit that that twelve no. to eighteen. He's not foot a range. <laughs> yeah, he's not Brooke. Yeah, but he's better. But he's so much better defensively than Brooke Lopez will ever he be. Like he's more active. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, he's dude. I just I, I I really admire the way he he approaches the game. I really like his um yeah. his fightiness, his gumption, and lunch pail, man. Um, that's. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and that's why I I think had it been under different circumstances in New York, he would have been one of those beloved Knicks, um, because he's got Definitely. the mentality of Definitely. a New York Knicks player, um, but like, but yeah, man, I just think and and the, but that kind of um, that kind of mantra or uh, uh, moniker goes well in Milwaukee too, because that's the same way that city is, like that's lunch pail type city, you know. Um, and yeah. so like, I, I, I feel like he would really work out there. Um, and I just feel like you don't really need like he, what did Rob Lopez average like 14, 15 points a night. Like that's, that's plenty. You no. don't need Jabari's, you know, 22. Like you just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got Bledsoe now, you got Middleton who's going to yeah. get you 15 to, to 18. Um, obviously Giannis is going to get you 30 about any given night. Um, you know, I mean, you got Brogdon. You got you've got enough scoring. You got Tony Snell. That dude's right. shooting like forty five percent from three this season. Something ridiculous. Right. He's, he's like draining uh-huh. threes this year. So, I mean, 
I just feel like your your biggest hole right now is at the center position. Um, if you can get Robin Lopez for two years, that gives it, that that just gives you some breathing room and some time to work as yeah. Don Maker, um, you know, and not have to feel so desperate to get him to 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 rush his his productivity. Um, you know, you can you can kind of relax a little bit more um, at that position. Um, and like what? I said, man, the biggest the biggest reason for me is just defensively. If you have Bledsoe at, at one end, and then you got Robin Lopez at the other. You got Middleton, you got Giannis, you got Brogdon. Snell's not a bad defender. He's not, I wouldn't necessarily call him a good defender, but he's not bad. Um, but, I mean, I just feel like that that kind of um, defensive unit is just, and then, then Bobby Portis, you know, you got him backing off Giannis. So, like, I mean, I, I just feel like that kind of defensive unit would be um, would be very, very impressive. All right. Well, what do you guys think about uh, especially now after this trade, there's an opening at Big Man with two, you know it's between Maker and Henson now, but uh, they can use some offense there. Why don't they go after fucking Julio Okafor? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would just depend what you got to give up to get him. And, and again, like to me, I, I right. understand that you want you want a little bit of offense there, but I think what you mainly want with any center in today's NBA is you want somebody who can play defense. You're, like, in, in today's NBA, you're back to the basket. Um, like scoring, it's just not, it's not important. And 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 honestly, one of the reasons that Cantor is so effective, um, as as like a, a a scoring center who doesn't really play defense, um, is because he's got a, a mid range game, um, a very effective mid range game. Um, and yeah, I I just haven't seen anything from Julio Okafor to make me think that he's got that in his repertoire um but yeah i mean i just not I many think people it, yeah yeah not many centers do um but but that's the thing if you're going to be a scoring center who doesn't play defense you better be able to shoot right. the ball <laughs> you know and rebound um, and block shots right yeah yeah at the very least i mean at least at yeah. least rebound like i mean blocking shots you know i mean it, it's it's always but, um, you know not everybody can my really idea, go there. Either. My idea for him wasn't to start or anything. Like, I'm thinking if you give up just enough, like, where they won't ask you too much and you get – you trade away something decent and he can come off the bench and give you score. Something like that. You know, he needs a yeah. place to be. He needs to be somewhere, you know. So, what I'm not saying you, start the league. What would you want if you were Philly? That would be my question. That's a good question. Like, what does Philly need? Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's the thing. Uh, Philly doesn't really need a whole lot. I mean, I mean, I, not really Delvadova. Yeah, but like you don't because of the weird situation of, on the protective tick. I'm not sure if you could give him. Well, I mean, I don't feel like you would you would need to give him a first round. It would be a second rounder. So maybe give him a 2019 second give rounder. Give him two and, second rounders. Be nice. Two, two for for Jaleel. I don't play defense, and I don't I don't even start over Rashawn Holmes. Oak for like yeah, nah. Terrible. I ain't giving you I ain't yeah. giving you two second round picks for him. No, and talk and about, that goes especially for you, Atlanta. I swear to God, if Atlanta trades mm-hmm. picks to get Jaleel Okafor, I'm gonna be so pissed. So pissed. <laughs> Let him go to Chicago. Oh, man. 
what what is stock, his stock has fallen so far to the fact that no oh, one I wants know, to trade man. shit. They just want to pick him well, up in free agency, buy him out. Yeah, well, and the thing is, man, this crazy is like imagine if they had traded him after his rookie year. What do you think you could have gotten for him after his rookie year? He had a phenomenal rookie yeah. year. Um, it was right before the, the, the big shift happened where everybody tried to start copying the Warriors. You know, like it was mm-hmm. right on the cusp of that. And, like, he had a really good rookie campaign. And then, he you know. He should go to the G League. Yeah, or China. I, I mean, I think he would be China. super effective in China. No one plays defense in China. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's so, true. 100 points. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean well, Jimmer Fredette doesn't score 70 points in a game if they play defense in China. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, It just doesn't happen. Yeah, they, they show that with Brandon Jennings, that no one plays yeah. defense over there in China. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Why do you think he went to China? <laughs> exactly. I agree. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, uh, enough uh, <laughs> enough of you know my crazy trade talk. Um, let's get into some awards for the week. Um, uh, so let's let's start with player of the week. Um, I've got an interesting one. I hope I hope you don't steal mine. Um, I don't think you will. I think it's a little too far out there. Um, but uh, let's start with you, Jawan. Who's your player of the week? Um, suck it, Joel. Other than Chris Porzingis. Okay. No, I'm just right. kidding. I'm just kidding. You pick. Go ahead and pick your player of the week. It was definitely Chris Stops. Uh, I won't say my backup in case it's somebody else's. I won't be that guy. But KP6 is most definitely uh, my player of the week. Him being top two, top three in uh, points per game right now, and. The loss against Orlando that you just saw the Knicks suffer because there was no Porzingis just shows mm-hmm. you, man, how big time this guy is, man. And what I will give the Knicks some some props to is the game wasn't a blow. They were in it. Uh, no, it, it was it was very competitive. They just didn't have a guy because for some reason yeah. Tim Hardaway refuses to step up to the plate. Um, but no, it, uh, to, to bring it back, told you uh, that. KP. Yeah, no, you could have. Well, no, you didn't have to tell us that. Remember, we had him first. We should have known that. That uh, yeah, you should have known. I mean, if nothing else, you should have just watched last year's playoffs, bro. <laughs> or your yeah, Knicks should have won yeah. last year's playoffs. <laughs> yeah, very true. Especially at the dollar amount we gave him. But uh, no, KP six man. Listen, uh, there's a lot of talk going on, especially now more than ever between AD, Giannis, Cat, uh, and KP and. This might sound super biased, I get it, but when you want to talk the most complete player, someone who's there every night, doesn't have any huge injury issues like AD, isn't just necessarily one-sided like Cat, um, he is the complete player out of those four guys, man. Plays defense on a high level every game, rebounds on a high level, and he can score efficiently from all aspects of the court. I just love the, I just love watching this guy, man. And I know the conversation has been, who would you start your franchise with? It'd be KP every day, all day. Yeah, see, I I still got to go with Giannis just because I mean the guy is has the, he's got the moniker the Greek Freak for a reason. But I will give you this, like Giannis doesn't have a shot. 
KP can shoot from 35 feet away and you're going to feel like it's going to go in that bucket. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, uh, I, and a couple other things that I, I just think are really interesting to kind of hammer your point home on, on, um, on Porzingis. Uh, over the last three games, he's averaged four blocks a game. Four yeah. blocks a game. Um, he's averaged uh, less than three turnovers a game over the last three. Um, now he doesn't he doesn't come into a lot of assists or steals because he's he's your you know uh, well it's the assists because he's your he's your scorer um, so when you get him the ball you he shoots it um, but uh, but he he's averaged over six rebounds a game um, uh, he almost almost seven almost seven rebounds a game uh, obviously he's had twenty eight forty and thirty seven points in his last three games. Um, his his field goal percentage is ridiculous. The guy is averaging over sixty percent field goal percentage in his last three games. Uh, his free throw percentage is is right around eighty five ninety percent over his last three games. Um, and I, how about this for one more stat for for Przingis? Throughout this whole season, he has only gone one game without getting at least one block. One game, he's, he's played like ten games. He gets a block every game. Um, he had six yeah. blocks against Indiana. Like, yeah, the dude is crazy, and I, I felt like somebody had to pick him. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Joel, you probably have him as your player of the week too. Am I wrong? <laughs> I guess I did at one point, you know, like a minute ago, um, and they took it over for me. <laughs> but yeah, KP <laughs> is obviously. Uh, the player. I mean, I don't think that's a question, honestly. I mean, he is the player of the fucking week. He's the player of the last two weeks. <laughs> like, he's been that good. Uh, the reason he's not, I mean, he, play, he didn't play today. I mean, and, and it showed. You, you saw their their best scorer and their best shot blocker uh, did not play today, and it showed. Uh, they were in it at the end, but they couldn't close the game because their closer was out. And he's a beast, man. He's a fucking beast, and if I had to pick a backup, so like we're not stuck on the KP thing the whole time, which again I don't mind doing myself. But uh, if we're gonna, if I had to pick someone else though, uh, I want to shout out. I want to shout. I I can only pick one. I mean, you, you, I don't care if you like pick one to talk about, but you can shout out whoever you want. Uh, I'm gonna start then with with Demarcus Cousins though, because like. Yeah, man, has he? He is him and fucking AB are balling. The fact that this team is six and five with nobody but them two, like it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, and he like, and he's like up there. He's got the points, rebounds, assists, and he can shoot from three. They're the guards. They're the centers. They are the forwards of that team, and it's fucking ridiculous that they're doing what they're doing. And it's just they're gonna burn themselves out at some point. But uh, it's been fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, but isn't that the thing? Like, I, I mean, my thing is just, uh, I, I thought it was interesting because um, AD said um, in a post-game interview recently, like, um, our, our you know, guards and, and forwards, you know, make, um, uh, basically put us in the position to um, to be as successful as we are, we meaning uh, him and, and DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, and when yeah. I watch those games, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? <laughs> like, 
I mean, basically, DeMarcus Cousins and and uh, uh, and AD, they just they get the ball and then they put it in the bucket, and the rest of the team does shit, <laughs> right? But that's like, what they're trying. To, that's what he's trying to say, though. They're so well, like, bad. They have yeah, to they be, just get out of our way and, and let. Right, right. <laughs> the reason they have huge numbers is because no one else could do it. <laughs> like it's just them. So he's there. He's absolutely right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess uh, in at least in in some capacity. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as the right. teammates didn't take it that way, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, and it was worded in in a friendly fashion. Let's say. Of course. Um, of course. I uh I there's there's several people. Uh, wait, you said you had somebody else you wanted to mention. Go ahead. No, just him and AD. So like him and AD. Just him and okay, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. The Twin Towers, man. The the, right. the new the age Tim Duncan and yeah and uh and um shit. Why is that a David Robinson? David um, Robinson. I, I I am ashamed of myself yeah, that it took me like seven seconds to remember David Robinson's name. That's <laughs> that's, that's bad. That's a bad look. Um, who averages a who are not averages, but who gets a quadruple double like David Robinson? That too. Um, but uh, I got I got a few people too. Um, you know, obviously I feel like you, you got to mention LeBron James. I mean, Duke up fifty seven yeah. against Washington. <laughs> Um, but like, man, that Atlanta loss is just not a good look. I mean, he had twenty six no. five and thirteen. Um, he also had a steal and two blocks, um, and he shot almost sixty percent um, from from the field. Um, but nevertheless, man, I, I, I you know, I, I mean, I feel like that's the, that's probably the the natural pick. Um, another guy who had a really good week was uh, well. Particularly last night, uh, Jokic. Um, he had 41 and 12 last night. He had four threes. Um, oh, shot yeah. 64% from the field. He had two blocks, two steals, five assists, only one turnover. And as much as he passes and handles the ball, that's that's crazy. That he you know that he's averaging yeah. such few turnovers. He had one bad game early in. Uh, I think it was against Washington. Um, early in the season, um, as far as turnovers go, um, but uh, but yeah, he's been balling out. But not nah, my my official pick. Um, I, I and his numbers aren't like crazy impressive, um, but I got to give him a shout out, man. Andre Drummond, Andre Drummond is <laughs> shooting seventy five percent from the free throw line, seventy five percent. Like that is just that is so crazy for a guy who I mean I don't know what his averages are over the course of his career, um, but they are bad. They are really, really bad. I uh, field goal percentage fifty four. Yeah, fifty four percent. I mean that's that's Absolutely. that's that's pretty damn good. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like. Free throw, 75%. Uh, okay, I have his stats in front of me. His best year from the free throw line was back in 2013-14. He shot 41.8% from the strike. Oh, <laughs> his best so year. far it's 63%. Huh? So far this season he's averaging 63. Let's see if he can keep it up. 
Oh, okay. Well, it was it was seventy five before tonight's effort, I guess. Um, oh, I think. Bro, he was zero for seven at the last game. That's why. Oh no! See, he's already falling off. See, man, yeah. you know what? I, I take that back, Andre Drummond. You you ruined it. <laughs> you uh, you don't you don't get player of the week anymore. How are you gonna go zero for seven? That's why I'm talking your ass up, man. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. What are you gonna do? He did he, have twenty one rebounds. He was rebounds. still seventy seven percent from the field, though. <laughs> that's true. Seventy seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I do think if he can keep if he even if he can keep up sixty percent, like, I mean, just mm-hmm. don't be such a liability to your team to where they have to take you out at the end of the game. You know, like. There, there's yeah. a few players like that, um, and it, it almost always boils down to they can't shoot free throws. Um, and if you can, you know, make it where you can hit 60 to 70% and stay in that pocket, um, then, you know, you're not such a liability to your team. Um, and you know what? I think this offseason, uh, 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 Robertson and Drummond, need to get together and chill, and Robertson needs to be like, yo, like, what did you do <laughs> to, to, like, stop sucking from the free throw line if he can keep it up? And, you know, just, just we Andre's got to stick together, man. Come on, like, help a brother out. Like, <laughs> some, somebody needs to help out Robertson. I don't think there's anybody better qualified than Andre Truman. Um, and I'm just happy that, <laughs> or Rick Barry. you know, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Rick Barry, yeah, it's always good. Get that granny shot going. Um, yeah, bring, but, it back, uh, bring it back. Yeah, man. I, I mean, hey, if you are airballing free throws, whatever you're doing is not working. So if you can do anything different, do it. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Jawan, do, do you have anybody else you wanted to give, like, an honorable mention since, you know, me and Joel gave, like, four? Yes, uh, uh, James Harden. Uh, I don't really mm. think I need to say much okay. more than that, uh, but he is definitely somebody who is, uh, with all these new guys emerging, somebody that we only touch on when he drops, like, what was it, like 40 or 50 uh, a few 56. nights ago? Yeah. Right, yeah, 56. Um, I think we Freaking need to nature. touch on – we need to touch on the fact that they're number two in the – they're either number one or number two in the West right now. Uh, and it's solely because of his leadership, his ability to spread the wealth and maintain being yeah. that go-to guy. Uh, what makes me really nervous about Houston is when Chris Paul gets back because they're just playing so well uh, without him. But, yeah, I think he definitely deserved an honorable mention. Yeah, man, I'm 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 not gonna let this go. Like trade Chris Paul and get Demarcus Cousins. Like just do it already. Um, anyway, I, obviously that's not gonna happen. I keyed, I, I keyed. Um, but uh, if 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 New Orleans would do it, I, I would totally do it if I was the Rockets. Um, all right, well let's move on. We got we got some uh other uh weekly awards to get to. Who is your team of the week? Uh Juwan, I'm going to start with you cuz I I feel like you're going to you're going to take the obvious. You're gonna, well, all right, fine, Joel. No. Fine, you go. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I was going to say Joel 
Because I was going to say, because I took KP, I will not go the obvious. I actually had another team I wanted to go with, not the obvious. Oh. So okay. you're, you're fine. Mm. I had another team I was going to go with anyway. I'm going to go with the I Golden had a backup. State. Oh no, but it's okay. okay. I wanted to go with I wanted to go with this team anyway. Uh, I wasn't actually going to go okay. with that team. Uh, I'm going right. to go with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they're showing you um, that it's that they can take games off and come back and still be the most dominant team in the NBA. Um, and they've shown it. And I want to say huge shout out to the resurgence of Steph Curry. I believe he's averaging yeah. 27.5 points per game, uh, very quietly, I may add. Uh, again, he's he's going through the same thing Harden is. All these new guys emerging, they kind of just expect it from Harden and Curry that they don't really bring it up. Uh, but Curry is balling, and the Warriors are, are – they stepped their toe right back into that, that dominant pool, and they're, uh, they're showing the league how, regardless how they started the first few games, they're still head over heels, the best team in the NBA. Uh, they're showing you Absolutely. everything the Cavs are not. Uh, so maybe yeah. Cavs can call Golden State and see how they run things. But, yeah, I'm going Golden State as the uh, team of the week. Yeah, well, if they if they do call them, they should probably be like, well, hey, man, you ain't going to give Kyrie advice. Well, we ain't going to give you advice, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I should totally see Draymond saying that. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I'm glad you picked the Warriors. Um, the, that was not one of my two teams, but I think a very legitimate pick. Um, Joel, um, whoever you pick, I'll at least have one team left over, but who you got? <laughs> All right. So if I'm pick my team, I figure you'll pick up the met, the slack. Uh, I have to go with the Knicks. <laughs> like I gotta go with New York Knicks, <laughs> bro. I mean, they've given me heart palpitations the last three games. Like I was, I almost had a heart attack. It was ridiculous. Like three fucking close games in a row. Like it was, it's it's stressful. But they came out and they did something they didn't do a lot last year: is go down big, come back and win. And show that they can win, and they're defending, and they're and they're hyping up the, the garden. And you bring that energy back to the garden, that alone gives you bonus points. So it's like the Knicks currently are just playing good basketball. Even tonight without KP, they played good basketball. Even though they were very sloppy tonight, they still played good defense for the most part, and it was a good. It's just they're, they're playing the right way. And if they keep it up, they could possibly make the playoffs. And we'll see if that's actually the case. But as of right now, they have, they've had the best week of any, any team so far. They, they went until tonight, obviously. They were 6-4, and four, so now they're 6-5. and five. But they, they've been killing it, and I've been very proud of them. I'm happy to say they're my team. <laughs> uh, so I guess now that we're, you know, 11 games into the season – so, like you're 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 cool with them now, like not not trying to tank, like you're 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 on board. Uh, you want never, you want them to make the playoffs. I never, I never wanted them to tank per se. Well, well, I just well, wanted hold them on, to hold on. win. Let, let me be clear. Yeah, let me be clear. I'm 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 not saying you wanted them to specifically play that, but you wanted them to put themselves in a position to build towards the future, which involves. Um, you know, right. not having as good of a team out on the court. 
I so wanted the them to do whatever they were whatever they were going to do, I wanted them to do without Carmelo Anthony. I wanted them right. to do it okay. with the young guys. So if they went to the playoffs, I wanted to do it by themselves. And if they didn't, I wanted to do that by themselves. I didn't need him here for either one. He's gone now. And so we're winning without him. That means the young guys are progressing faster than I expected, which means if they make the playoffs, that's a good thing. If they don't make the playoffs and we get a lottery pick, that's a good thing. I don't lose. <laughs> All right. That was very emphatic. Wow. Um, yeah, I, mean, I like thought I, you would say we I, don't I feel like lose, I just got Joel. put in my place, high. right? Jeez, yeah. like, <laughs> I love how he forgot that I was a Knicks fan too. He totally said I don't lose. Like, okay, all right. Yeah, Joel. because I'm, I'm okay Dolan. if you don't win. That that was my thing. You know, you're more like yeah, no. they gotta go to the playoffs, and I'm like they don't really Absolutely. need to, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I, 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 you, you I love my 18. That, and I love my 18 percent winning percentage right now for my team. I'm cool <laughs> with it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to love it when we get Luka Doncic. Hey, man. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I uh, I got to I, – I, you didn't pick my second team. Like, so I got, I got kind of two teams. I mean, I feel like obviously the Boston Celtics, like one of us has to, has to pick the Boston Celtics. Um, Smart. Dude, they're on a nine-game winning streak. <laughs> nine games. Like it's crazy. Like nine game winning streak for the Boston Celtics. Um and, and, they and won tonight. like Kyrie Kyrie is finally like over the last like couple games, he really looks like he is basically becoming the player that we all kind of I guess at at some point thought knew he would be. Um and I I honestly I get even more now why he did not want to play with LeBron anymore. And I don't really necessarily think that it's like, like it, I don't think it's like a, like a dislike for LeBron. Like, I don't think it's anything personal. I really think it just boils down to, he, he, he looked at the situation and said, I can't be the best player that I can be playing with LeBron. Who else made a decision like that recently? Kevin Durant. He said, I can't be the best player that I can be playing with Russell Westbrook. Um, now, I mean, we can all criticize him going to the team that he picked, but I, I don't think you can criticize him for making the decision to, you know, want to depart from Russell Westbrook. And, and you know, I love Russell Westbrook. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but, I mean, he and LeBron just – I'm sorry, he and KD just never – quite fit together and I feel like that's we're gonna from what we've been seeing from Kyrie thus far this season um I feel like that's that might be the case uh with he and LeBron um and I just the the way that this team has been gelling especially without Gordon Hayward and how they lose their first two games of the season, and since then they've won nine straight. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, they they beat the teams they should beat. They've beat teams that, you know, they may not have been expected to beat. Um, very impressive. Um, I also want to give a shout-out to the 76ers. They're on a five-game winning streak and have snuck into the playoff picture kind of quietly, um, and they beat Utah 
uh, I think last night uh, or uh, two nights ago, um, without Joel Embiid. Um, so Ben Simmons is is making that unit work. Um, he's he's True. getting everything uh, in place. Um, they are now six and four, um, at least as of last night. I don't know. I don't know if they played tonight or not. Um, but they're six and four um, as of last night. In uh, no. fifth, they did not. Okay. So they're in fifth place yeah. in the East, um, and you know they're making they're making it work. I mean, they started off the season one and four, and you know I was like sitting there looking at the situation, like, damn it, I knew this was going to happen. I knew they weren't going to be as good as like everyone thought they were going to be, um, or what everyone was saying they were going to be. Um, Y'all both know I'm Philly is like my my second team. Like I, I loved Allen Iverson growing up, so I'm always kind of been drawn to Philly. So I really want them to do well, but I'm, I've, I've been very skeptical about them because injury, the, you know, is, is just such a big thing for that team. Um, but I've, I've been really impressed uh, with them over the course of this past week. They've um, really stepped up and, and played very, very good basketball. Um, Juwan, do you have uh, anybody else that you'd like to throw out an honorable mention to? Um, no, you, you took it with the Celtics. I did want to add one really quick thing. I didn't want to stay long and it's just want to add it really quickly. Uh, in the Kyrie and in the Durant situation, they both were personal. We, it's not as personal as the media makes it sound, but they were both definitely personal. I know I've worked with somebody and then left and did not tell them that I was leaving because it was most definitely personal. (laughs) So, so they sure. both did that uh, because, to some degree, it was personal. Uh, I just don't think it was because it was due to hatred towards the other. It, but it was personal sure. to a degree. Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I, I think anything, when you are you see somebody day in, day out like that, um, it, it, you know, it, it's bound to be. But, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think what you said um, to preface that is key. It's not as personal as they, you know, the media kind of sort of makes it out to be. And I think it more so has to do with on the court, not off the court. You know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the whole off yep. the court talk is way overblown, and on the court um, talk is maybe maybe overlooked a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. But. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's move on. We got our uh, game of the week. Um, Jawan, we'll start with you on this one. Um, I have two that are kind of obvious, so then I'll go with one that's not so obvious. Uh, okay. I kind of have uh, a, a pick and then a honorable mention. Uh, I'm going to go Cavs versus Bucks um, as sure. my game of the week. Uh, I just felt as though if that was a game that Bledsoe was playing in that the Bucks definitely could have won that game. It was one of those things to where it was just like, it was a, it was a momentum uh, shift kind of game to where once Cavs kind of got a little bit of that momentum, Bucks were, were, were there, but Cavs just found a way to pull it out. I felt as though if Giannis had a little bit more help like a Bledsoe, um, they definitely could have taken that game. I do feel as though Bucks aren't far off from being that team that can dethrone the Cavs. They've shown it. Um, and my honorable mention is going to go Knicks versus Pacers. 
Nick, I will mention that you did say that was going to be a huge game for you uh, as far as the Knicks, uh, seeing how they uh, how they played against the Pacers. They were actually yep. doing really well. And I don't, I don't know how many games he's been back for, but Miles Turner coming back uh, definitely uh, on paper made it seem like it was going to make things a lot more difficult for the Knicks, uh, especially yep. because uh, they don't have anyone that could really stop the, the five position. Um, and I'll say this, Joel, man, you've mentioned it, but I, I not only feel like the city is starting to come back, uh, and basketball is a lot better when Celtics, Lakers, and Knicks are doing well, but I feel as though this Knicks team has grit, and they showed it tonight in the game against Orlando that they lost, but they had grit. Like Joel said, it was just too many turnovers and sloppy plays, but the grit is back, and that's why I have to uh, bring up that Pacers game as an honorable mention because there was just so much grit in that game, so much – uh, competitiveness that they were like, we're not going to go out. Uh, we're not going to go out like suckers. We're, we're going to try to come back and win this game, and they definitely did. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, that's a very good honorable mention. Um, Joel, hopefully Jawan's honorable mention didn't steal your game of the week. <laughs> um, it did which, not. Uh, what, it, very, good. Uh, no, Jawan's uh, honorable mention – is also my honorable mention. Right. My game of the week happened last night. <laughs> um, it was it was Knicks Hornets in a game where I swear to God the Hornets could not miss from anywhere on the fucking court. Like they couldn't anywhere, <laughs> like, anywhere and everywhere, they fucking would not miss the shot. It was ridiculous and it was very frustrating and to the point where I, I had to change the channel at one point. So I was like, they just wouldn't. It just was no. It was just frustrating. <laughs> like, right. So, it got to the point where I was like, I don't know if we're, we're gonna make it out of this. Uh, I was, I was kind of down. Third quarter was okay, and then it's just again fourth quarter, and they just locked it down, and it came down to the big boys. And KP finished, and of course Nelikina closed it out again. Another game where he he they let him in at the, and he just he's such a good like you don't notice it. But he has to have I, – I got to check his stats, like, in terms of, like, his plus minus because there's a reason he's in the game. He's, he's a good passer, and, of course, he's a great perimeter defender. And he plays well with um, KP. And KP was getting, like, bullied yesterday by Dwight Howard. But he put it to Dwight, too. Like, Dwight couldn't stay with him either. So it was, it was a fun matchup to watch. Uh, and it was – and I'm not going to lie, Malik Monk – was killing it last night. He put up like 21, another guy that did not want to fucking miss. But in the end, the Knicks clamped down, and they, they're the ones that ended up winning that game. And it felt really good to watch. And even McDermott came out and had a good game. I think he had 20 points. Uh, it was it was such a good team win for the Knicks. That, that It just sucks that the last couple games we've been down a lot in order to come back to have these dramatic wins. Where it's not just a win, it's a dramatic win, and that's why yeah. this was my game of the week. You know, if it was just an average game, and we blew them out, it's probably, that's obviously you're not going to put out a blowout. But if it's a game like the last couple games, it's just been insane. And it, uh, to me, I swear to God, if today KP played today, there's a good chance today would have been that type of game. So they, that that is uh, my game of the week, uh, Nick Hornet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. Uh, Anytime the Knicks play in a close game and win it, like throughout this whole season, I'm I'm gonna get uh, a Knicks game of the week. 
which hey, I can't, I can't, I can't fight you on it. I mean, because, because I, I mean, I can't blame you on that pick. That was, it was a great game. Um, in fact, I remember, um, because obviously, y'all know, I just got a, just got Porzingis on my fantasy squad. Made a trade, um, to acquire him. Um, and I remember like checking in on that game. It was maybe third quarter or like halftime ish, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. And like I checked in, and I think the Knicks were down by like double digits. And mm-hmm. I was just like, ah, well, at least Porzingis is playing well. Sorry, Joel and Jawan. And then I checked in, of course, you know, like an hour later, and I was like, oh shit, they came back and won it. <laughs> Would you look at that? Um, so yeah. It was it was interesting. Um, I uh, I'm gonna pick uh, kind of a I kind of a homer pick, but not really. Um, my game of the week is is Boston and Atlanta. Um, now, if I was mm. a true true homer, I would I would pick the the Cleveland game because uh, yeah, the Hawks yeah. were able <laughs> to pull out the pull out the W, and that was a great game too. Um, but I mean, I just feel like uh, the as far as the implications uh, for the number one team in the East, um, Atlanta was coming off uh, a, a really impressive victory against Cleveland, and we we just kind of rolling, and we looked really really good, um, especially early in that game. Um, I think we had at one point in the in the early um, or mid second quarter, we had like an eight point lead. Which going into halftime it was it was tied, um, so you know it was it was anybody's game, um, and, and it just kind of continued that way. It was just one of those games that was just kind of a, a quality back and forth game the whole time. Like no one got like a super huge lead um, for for a very long period of time, um, and then just going down the stretch like it was back and forth, back and forth, and you know Kyrie just kind of took over that game. Um, we couldn't stop him. He he was just scoring at will. He ended up having 35 points, um, I think seven assists, uh, and like um, I think he shot over 60 percent from the field. Um, so I mean, he was just he literally um, just the MVP of that game, and it just the guy has just been balling um, uh, for like the past maybe two, three days. Um, you know, he did have, he did only get 11 against Orlando, but they still won the game, you know, decidedly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's 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 fitting well, and, and that game was, I think, a huge game for him. Um, and, honestly, I think it was uh, an impressive showing for the Hawks, too, after, after um, you know, beating Cleveland and then coming back and playing uh, Boston as tight as we did. Um, I... I really like the, the the way this lineup is, is kind of taking shape. Love John Collins. He's uh, uh, shared with you guys earlier. He is uh, has the highest player efficiency rating uh, as of um, yesterday. Um, or yeah, yeah, I guess as of as, as of last night's games, um, he has a higher player efficient highest player efficiency rating of any rookie so far this season. Um, which you know, I mean, it, that, it's just one stat. You know, I don't, I don't put too much stock in any one stat, but that's still um, pretty impressive. I'm, I'm, um, I'm high on the kid. I think he's going to be good. Um, 
so yeah, uh, I, I feel like that was a just all around great game. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it. I wish we could have pulled it out, but um, I also am very much looking forward to having a top three pick. So I wasn't that upset about the loss. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, guys, let's move on. We got about 15-ish minutes left. Let's move on. We got contenders or pretenders. Um, so let's just jump right into it. Mavericks, are they the worst team in the NBA this year? Their record certainly seems to uh, seems to point to that, but they did finally pull out their second win last night, I believe it was. Um, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, they do have that going for them, I guess. Um, who did who they play again? I can't remember who it was. It's the Wizards. That's right. They played the Wizards, so they didn't even play a shitty team. They beat a quality team. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, do y'all think do y'all think when it's all said and done, Dallas could be the worst team in the NBA? Um, Juwan, are they a pretender uh, as far as that, or are they contender for the worst record in the NBA? Um, honestly, I'm looking at all these records. Uh, Atlanta's two and nine, Chicago's two and seven, Sacramento's two and eight, and they're two and ten. Uh, I gotta be honest with you, I kind of see Chicago (laughs) ending up having the worst record, uh, this season. Uh, I do feel as though the Mavericks, uh, just because they have so much talent, uh, and a great coach, I feel as though they could be more respectable than being the the worst team. They might be the second worst team, but I don't think they'll be the worst team in the NBA unless they just want to tank it all. And then, yeah, by all means. Yeah, and that could always happen. I mean, um, Mark Cuban has been on the record as saying, um, you know, they're they're rebuilding because they're in the West. And so, I mean, if if, if that's kind of their mantra, then, you know, why not? Why not play as many young guys as you can and, and, you know, try to get them experience all the while losing some games and getting a high pick. Um, obviously they're playing, uh, they're playing Dennis Smith a lot of minutes, um, you know, early on this, this season. Um, though, you know, I can't really blame them for that because they don't really have a better option at point guard. Um, I mean, I like Yogi for Yogi Farrell, I guess is how you pronounce it. Yeah, um, and JJ Bray is, Obviously, a, a, a quality backup, um, but he's not really a starter. Um, Joel, same question to you. Are they a contender as in they'll be the worst? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, can't, I, I can't definitively say they'll be the worst team. In the league, but do they not going to be a good team like, at all? Well, and, and, and that's that's what I mean. Like, do you think do you think they legitimately there's a legitimate shot that the Mavericks finish with the worst record in the NBA? Yeah, I do think there's a chance definitely because I I really don't like them anymore. Like, I like them a lot more in the beginning of the season. <laughs> right now, they like I've lost any type of uh, attraction I had to that team. Every time they play four point guards in the rotation, it just irks the <laughs> shit out of me. And like two of them are like under five, six foot, and it's like I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I don't really know what you're trying to do. Uh, you don't want to win, <laughs> like, so I mean, it is what it is. But I, I don't, I don't, 
I don't I don't like what who's, I, I see playing, so far. Come who's up, playing the five when they run that lineup? Just curious. Uh, it's between Dirk, uh, Nerlens Noel, and, or Dwight Powell, yeah. and sometimes Mejuri. So they play four centers sometimes. I don't know. Fuck that team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I I think they're I think they're contenders for the worst record in the NBA, and mainly because of this, because they play in the West, and yeah. they play in yeah. a division with Houston. Um, San Antonio, uh, New Orleans, and Memphis. And Memphis has been kind of my big surprise of the season. And they have to play those teams more than anybody else. Um, yeah, that they, I think they definitely are contenders uh, for the for the worst record in the NBA, which was I, I would not have thought at the beginning of the season. But looking at yeah. um, the division, the fact that they play in the West, the fact that they play in probably the toughest division, not even probably uh, undoubtedly the toughest division in the West, um, in in all of the NBA rather. Um, like yeah, I mean, you just look at their schedule. I think yeah, there's just so many games they could lose. And, I mean, to start off the season with a loss to the Hawks, who are now, um, you know, two and, what, what was it, ten? Two, two and nine? Two and nine, I think. Um, like, yeah, that's just bad. <laughs> um, and granted, they were able to pull out a win against the Wizards, um, who I can only imagine were just kind of sleepwalking through that game because um, that's really the only legitimate excuse um, to lose to the Mavericks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I think you have to consider them contenders to be the uh, the worst uh, team in the NBA. But I do think the Kings will give them a run for their money. I think the Hawks, the Bulls mm. also will, you know, give them a run for their money. And I can only cross my fingers that the Hawks will <laughs> – I, I honestly I don't care if I have the worst record. I just want I just want a top three pick. I just that's all I want. I didn't even have to be number one. Just give me a top three pick. I don't think the Hawks have ever had the number one pick. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I mean I think I think they're definitely in the mix for it. Um, all right, moving on. Contender or pretender? The Knicks making the playoffs. Um, I got a feeling. Uh, that I, I know the answer to this question before I pose it, but without further ado, uh, Joel, are the Knicks contenders or pretenders to make the playoffs? I'm going to go with a, a yes, Nick. I'm going to go with a yes. They're contenders. <laughs> as, of, as of right now, yes. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> what makes, so, what yeah. makes that answer so hilarious is the question was, are they contenders or pretenders? And you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes what, Joel? I'm assuming yes, they are contenders. I said contenders. I said yes, they are contenders. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I must not have heard it. Um, I, I, w- I will say they are uh, contenders, but I will say looking at the standings in the East, what makes me a little nervous, Joel, is if you look at – they're at six right now. If you look at six through, let's see, one, two, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve, six through twelve, right? The records mm-hmm. aren't that far off. <laughs> so no, not at all. If they on like a four-game losing streak, we could be having a completely different uh, conversation oh, about yeah. uh, contenders yeah. or pretenders. 
So that's the yeah, only well, that's the only thing. But as long as they stay competitive, <laughs> right? Exactly. But as long as they stay competitive, there's a chance, most definitely, that we could be looking at uh, the mm. Knicks as uh, a bona fide contender. But as of now, I'm saying contender because they've just been playing really well. But when you look at that, right, right. It, it looks like Knicks in Cleveland could easily switch spots in the next week and a half. Yeah, so it can real that quick, man. Milwaukee, Miami, like yeah. Indiana, Charlotte, any of them. They could just come in yep. and take over. Miami that's makes not me like I'm just I'm telling you, that's Miami makes, makes me nervous. Um, but no, nah, but I mean, but but hey, like you you do I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say they're pretenders. I, they got off they've gotten off to a really good start. Um, I really really mm-hmm. like. I, hey man, Porzingis is going to be the most improved player. Like, barring any sort of you know unforeseen you know injury, which knock on wood. Uh, I hope y'all heard that because I literally just knocked on yeah, wood. Yeah, I heard it. Um, okay, cool. It. I'm not um, in too. I heard it. But but <laughs> like no nah, man, I mean he's going to be the most improved player. Um, he he just looks crazy good. Um. I think Frank Nilakina is is coming along uh, honestly like almost a little a little better than I thought and I think you made a good really good point earlier Joel that is and I don't know what it is either but his plus minus has to be pretty good. Um I mean they they play him in pressure situations. Uh the team just seems to play better when he's on the floor. Um and that's that's awesome. Like I love it cuz y'all both know how much um how highly, uh, you know, outspoken I was about the guy. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a really, really, really good NBA player. Um, guy plays defense. He needs, still needs to work on his finishing around the rim. That's my biggest thing with him. Um, but he's 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 got a, a reasonable shooting touch. Um, he's a really good passer. Um, he's a great defender. He's got length. Um, he's super savvy and really smart. Um and that's something that you don't often get with somebody as young as him. Um so I he's mean just I a think passive he, guy offensively he just passes. He doesn't like to score first. He just scores Yeah, well yeah. and that's <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of. and that's that's something that he needs to work on and I think um interesting that you use that uh specific um, uh, word to describe him because I mean I feel like that's the big knock on Lonzo Ball so far this season is his passiveness um, and his lack of aggression. Uh, but the big difference to I will... me between between Lonzo Ball and, and Frank Nilakina is defensively he is not passive. He is very no, aggressive defensively, and yeah. like that is something that like it's just you you don't often see um, in 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 players that are that young and I honestly I mean I can't really think of any particular rookie this season um that I would say has been better defensively than Frank I mean can who would y'all throw out that you you can think of that's been better defensively than Frank Milikina I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I'm I don't running, know. I can't think of running down the list. Yeah, I, mean, they, I can't really think of any. Maybe De'Aaron Fox. I don't get to see I haven't seen. I haven't seen enough of he his game. A, I haven't seen enough <laughs> Sacramento games to be. Um, he has. Um, Frank has Frank has this mixture. Uh, he's very scrappy. 
he's very aggressive uh, defensively. A lot of these other guys are just looking to drop 30 to 40 points a, points right. a game. So right. it comes off a little differently. Uh, I will say, though, Tatum, but you can't really say Tatum is playing great defense because the team collectively is just playing Plays great, great team defense. So it's right, not right. an individual thing. It's just as a team, they're playing great defense. Right. But if you sure. wanted to take a closer look at Jason Tatum, he's definitely up there for uh, uh, one of the rookies that is playing really good defense, but not as well or as as consistently as Frank, I'd say. Sure. Yeah, sure. Frank put up uh, nine anyway, today, so I'm very happy for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and agree. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're, it, you know, to, to kind of go back to my point, I think um, – there, there are just too many teams that are going to be a little bit better. I mean, Washington, Indiana, Cleveland, Charlotte, Milwaukee. I think those are all teams that are going to end up uh, outperforming the Knicks throughout the course of the season. Um, so, I mean, I, I got to at this point, I, I got to say they're pretenders. Um, you know, if they keep winning, like Joel said, you know, ask me next week, I might change my mind. Um, but uh, but as of now, I gotta I gotta call them pretenders. All right, last last one. We got about four minutes left, guys. Uh, Kyrie Irving for MVP. Now I made this, um, you know, almost specifically because of the the performance they had against the Hawks, um, and the fact that man, the guy's just playing defense like he's never played in his career. And you know what, Juan, you brought up a good point with with um, Jason Tatum whoever plays on the Celtics ends up playing very good basketball. They end up playing like better at everything else that, you know, that they, you know, do on other teams. I mean, we're seeing it from Jay Crowder right now, not playing well with the Cavs. Um, We're seeing uh, Kyrie Irving play great defense this year. Um, Do you think Kyrie Irving has a legit shot to be MVP? Is he a pretender or is he, contender. I'm going to say pretender. I, I just think there's too many players um, that are better than him as of right now um, that are going to, to play consistently better than him. Um, they're going to put up better numbers throughout the course of the season. Um, so that is my pick. Uh, Joel, contender or pretender, Kyrie Irving for playoffs. I'm sorry for MVP. Uh the best player on the best team in the league right now. I got to go contender. I can't argue that. That's just what it is. And right now he's playing really well. And that team's playing really well. And I want to shout out to the damn kid. Because uh, uh, Jalen Brown and uh, – uh, I'm sorry. What's his name again? Tatum. It's Brown and uh, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Yes. And Tatum, Tatum yeah. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those guys have stepped up because they needed to. And they wouldn't be where they were if they, they, those guys didn't stop. And I got to give credit to Al Horford because even Al Horford's come to play. So, and uh, I'm, I'm impressed with what I've seen so far. And uh, yeah, definitely a contender. At least right now, he is. I hear you, uh, Jawan. I'm assuming you're gonna say contender. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I'm the biggest Kyrie fan. But I, I'd even go as far as to say uh, I think it's a two-headed race as of now between Harden and and Kyrie. Uh, what they look for when they vote is not only points, but they look at leading and winning. And right now, those two guys are in points and leading and winning. Uh, I do believe Giannis should be in that conversation along with KP and LeBron. But if you ask me who the two-headed guys are, I think it's Harden and Kyrie Irving. So Steph. I'm going contender yeah, for Kyrie. Steph. You can add Steph to that, too, technically. Yes, yeah, Steph. I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, guys, another great show. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. We're, we're cut short on time, so not a long ex- exit. Um, but thank you for having another episode of Full Court Press. And as always, thanks for being with me, guys. Uh, peace. Peace. Adios.